All right, everyone. Happy Friday to you. We are now one weekend away from the Thanksgiving holiday. Hope everyone is well, safe and healthy. Snow is starting to fall on the ground. All is well and all is normal, both in the local world and the sports world. Isaac Petkash, Joe Lineski, Joe Von Johnson with you. This is the Critical Eye Podcast, episode number six. We're getting set for week number 11 of the NFL season. A lot to talk about, including more COVID debacle. Guys, I really, really have to start with this, and I, I find it so interesting. My theme of the day is this. Drama always finds itself to people who are dramatic. When you have a personality type that leads to drama and that leads to collusion with negativity off the field, it never, ever ceases to leave you. We saw this with Odell Beckham in the drama on the field with Cleveland. Uh-oh, Odell's a problem now. Let's move him to L.A. One game in. Uh-oh, Odell's a problem. Matthew Stafford's now a second-tier quarterback. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said he was immunized but, but not vaccinated. How dare he? Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, he's, he's not going to he's not gonna sign Green Bay. He's, he's going elsewhere. Drama always finds those who are dramatic. And today, we see Antonio Brown is in that pool. Earlier yesterday evening, it was announced that Bucks receiver Antonio Brown is alleged to obtain a fake COVID-19 vaccine card so he could avoid NFL protocols. According to a report in the Tampa Bay Times, Brown's girlfriend told Los Angeles chef Stephen Ruiz in a text message in July that Brown was willing to pay $500 if he could get a Johnson & Johnson vaccine card. Now, guys, I want to start with this. We talked about this in a previous episode. But I want to start with the with the drama portion of this. Is it getting to a point now where players feel as if they can just completely break the rules? And, and I ask this, is this a matter of the NFL imposing too strict of protocols? Or is it because players just feel like they're above the law? Because at this point, I don't know what to feel. But I'll start with you guys and leave the floor there. Because we're now getting to a point where these stories are coming out more often than just once a month. I, I think, I think the coverage, you know, and, and this is where the, the waters, you know, get a little, little chilly with the thin ice in which we're, 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 we're tiptoeing here, Joe Vaughn. But my curiosity is going to be the coverage. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was destroyed. Will Antonio Brown be held to the same standard? I mean, in, in terms of, you know, duping. I think the, the crime here is that <laughs> Antonio Brown far exceeded uh, the, the crime. I mean, if, if in fact he does have a fake vaccination card, uh, that's that's the one element to uh, you know, anytime there's a girlfriend and a text message and a, and a chef and the ask is only five hundred dollars. You know, my my cackles sort of go up a little bit. Say, do we believe this story? I don't know. Um, and then the, the third thing, which sort of reverts back to number one, the I mean, if you remember, the the NFL draft was literally sponsored by the vaccine and, you know, go get vaccinated, yada, yada, yada. Not certain the vaccine works the way it's supposed to work. You know, headlines read unvaccinated player test positive. Ben Roethlisberger test positive and there's no mention the fact that he's fully vaccinated. 
you know, uh, Brett Bielma's missing the game in Illinois against your uh, your Hawkeyes tomorrow. He's not only vaccinated, he's got the booster, Joe Vaughn. I mean, the messaging to me, I think, will be more interesting because, I'm again, they're not going to suspend him. Uh, I, I really don't they, – they might throw some money at, at the Buccaneers. But I'm, I'll be curious because there's so many different layers to this onion. The way it's covered, I'm more interested in than anything else. This is this is a very interesting topic, um, you know, with the with the source. You know, you, you question the source. You know, it being said or stated that it was his girlfriend that messaged the chef. You know, these circulating things. You know, what's the truth in them? What's the truth behind them? You know, I, that that's where I that's where I would you know first start, and then you know it, the the COVID protocol is what it is and players are now trying to find ways to manipulate because of the backlash that they're getting so you know him stating or or if he actually did or didn't I don't know but you know if he did get a fake vaccination card I mean shame on him first of all because that that's like very very low character uh but you know, he could have he could have easily just did what Kyrie Irving did and say, you know what, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not playing. If you if you're going to hold these mandates above our head, then this is how we're going to respond to that. You know, we make all this money and millions of dollars to bring all these fans out to watch us perform. And then you're going to tell us that this is the way things are going to go. Like, you know, you, we've seen it over and over and over again. You know, when you, and, and you talk about Roethlisberger and, and how, you know, they they put the emphasis on you know oh you know he did all the COVID protocols you don't hear anything about him being vaccinated or or him having a booster or whatever the case may be but then you talk when they talk about guys that that aren't vaccinated they always throw out all these different terms to make them look like they're like some sort of outcast I mean it's it's ridiculous because where do you draw the line like when is it when where do you draw the line from all of it I mean, guys, can, they, can we, well, can, hang on. I want to ask, and I know, again, this is dangerous territory, but it, it's funny how the the narrative can can ro- rule the day, Joe Vaughn, where, you know, Colin Kaepernick was a trailblazer and a pioneer for standing up and what he believed in, because quite frankly, right. it was the cool thing to do, and you might be able to make a couple of bucks. Well, what's the difference with Antonio Brown or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, you, you mentioned – Kyrie Irving thinking that, that that they don't want it. It's not. I mean, again, like it, it's almost like the 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 opinion of the left, which again, I, I mean, I hate to break take that broad brush, but I think that's what it is. It's almost like they get to dictate what free thinking is okay. Well, hold on. Let let me address this really quickly, Joe. I I think I've got your answer. Let let me ask you a question. What what history outside of the game? did Colin Kaepernick have with the NFL before he began his trailblazing pioneer status to try to uh, prove equality? Did, uh, can, can you remember any history that Colin Kaepernick had with the NFL? I, he was I, okay. I, and I don't, I don't think San so. Fran. Well, 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 let me, let me then propose this to you. If I go down the list of players that have had issues this year with the NFL and COVID or issues in the past, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown, non-COVID related, but Odell Beckham with all the drama in Cleveland, 
on the Nets, Kyrie Irving in the NBA. All of those players had previous history. Antonio Brown with all of the allegations against him. And of course, the temper tantrum tirade that he had in Pittsburgh before he was eventually let go. Kyrie Irving has been very outspoken about his political beliefs and not just political beliefs, but the earth, he believes the earth is flat, which I don't think it takes a scientist to, to, to know that that is not a true statement. You, you have Aaron Rodgers, who has consistently, consistently, in my opinion, made the game about himself and has not only given people reasons to not believe him, he's given people reasons to be angry at him with the drama that he's caused. So I, I think the point that we're trying to make here, and I think the issue at hand is, what's your previous history? In, in hockey, when, when the Department of Player Safety in the NHL looks at a situation or a play in the game of hockey, they consider three factors. They consider what was the intensity of the play, was the hit dirty, what was the intention of the athlete? What is it to injure? And what's your previous history? Now, I'm not saying that that should be the case. I'm not saying that you should have your history factor into obtaining a fake vaccine card or whether or not you believe that there's equality in the NFL or not. But we need to realize that there are just some players who the NFL understands have a history with things. Josh Gordon's another one as well. Why do you think he keeps getting excommunicated, if you will, from the NFL every four or five months, because every one thing he does is another step. It's another add on to what he's already done in the league. So you have to, I think, build up some history guys to really be looked at with this, whatever narrative you want to call it. You don't just get castrated after one, one instant instance that that's just the way I see it. Jovan, I don't know if, if you, have seen that in your time in the NFL, but I think you have to build up a history. I, I don't just think people are going to look at you with a negative eye overnight. Yeah, I think that, I think the history thing plays a, a major part uh, in determining, you know, who's for real and who's just, you know, shooting the, the BS, to, so to speak. But, you know, your history is is an identification of who you are. Like if, if you continually go out and – throw rocks at cars i mean then you they're going to be labeled as somebody that throws rocks at cars i mean it's no rocket science behind that your history is going to ultimately determine who you really are and, and what people think of you so those guys having the history that they have i mean they can't they can't expect anything other than the backlash that they're going to receive from the things that they're doing i mean colin kaepernick i think his situation was very different in a sense that he believed in something and he was willing to take on whatever risk they were going to throw at him to stand up for what he believed in. And he never wavered off of what his beliefs was. And then people started to join him because of all the antics and things that were happening throughout America that were quite honestly just wrong. And, it's, and, and that's just the way it was. Like, let me, let me pose this to you, you Joe, cause, cause I, I'm curious if, if J.J. Watt was the player in question today, if this story about the fake vaccine card with the chef was for J.J. Watt, a guy who has donated millions to charity, helped an entire city recover from a hurricane, or back a few years ago, if the person who started the movement for equality was, let's say, a Tom Brady, do, do we really think that there'd be the same backlash to those players as the players that are in question now, I, I just I just don't think we can disregard the historical aspect 
of, of what players have done in the league. And it's not to say players can't change. They can. But you can't disregard, especially in a league where you only have a 10 to 15-year window max. I mean, that's, that's fairly recent history, don't you think, Joe? Well, I think the interesting thing is that the, the way the NFL functions, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I've said this before. If, if you think the NFL is your moral compass, you're a jackass, and I can't help you for that. Um, it is strictly business when it comes to the National Football League. What they do try to do, though, is be on the right side of history. And I, I can name countless examples of, you know, where, where they've been on the, the right side of history or not been willing to, to call people out. I mean, I the Alejandro Villanueva coming out to stand up for the national anthem was like this big news story. But remember, you know, this is the same organization that took money from the military for flyovers and, you know, all this patriotic BS that wasn't patriotic at all. You know, they wear pink. They don't wear pink. They wear pink for profit. It's not pink for breast cancer. It's pink for profit. They stand for the national anthem for profit. I think they got behind Colin Kaepernick because they saw it was the right side of history. And you look at the way the cancel culture works, and that's why they did it. I don't think they got behind it because they believed him or didn't. I just think they wanted to be on the right side of history. I just, I mean, I think the NFL, you know, I've said this forever. In the NFL, a distraction only becomes a distraction when the distraction exceeds the ability. And, you know, if, you know, you look at that horrific Zach, Zach Stacy video, which luckily I've not, I've not seen, but if Zach's, you know, if Zach Stacy was a player of consequence, it would be a much larger deal than it is. Antonio Brown, you know, I don't know, Isaac, if you remember this, but on day one of com of, of communications class at whatever 100 level class you're taking at, at whatever school you go to, they teach you one thing on day one. If it bleeds, it, it leads. And I can tell you this right now, the Antonio, I mean, didn't PK Stuban do the same thing? And yeah, I mean, it had a shelf life, but it was about an 18 hour shelf life. I, mean, I, I, I think. I also, th- I also think too, the NFL Joe is just more on a pedestal in the, in the U S than is hockey. I, I think that has to be considered too. But I'm just saying like they, they are constantly trying to be on the right side of history. And again, the notion that they're taking money to be patriotic or taking money to, to, to promote, you know, cancer awareness I mean, and by the way, all these places are nonprofit, so they're not paying. T- I mean, it is just it's a joke. And again, if, if I'll say it again, I'll say it to anybody that wants. I mean, you can't argue if the NFL is your moral compass, you are a jackass. And the other thing, Joe Vaughn, you know, as well as anyone, you've been in enough locker rooms. You guys are people, right? You're not all pro. You're not all programmed. You know, there's I guarantee you go into an NFL, uh, NFL locker room, NBA locker room. You will find the woke left. You will find the fiscally conservative. You will find the blue dog Democrat. You will find, I mean, you will find they are people. And the same, the same percentages in which divide our culture are the same percentages that divide a locker room. I, I don't mean that is just common freaking sense. Yeah, but in, in the locker room, you know, guys are 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 
you know, they believe in what they believe in and they, they have their beliefs, but they they have the ability to put that and move that stuff to the side, you know, for one common goal. And that that's to play together. And I mean, whatever, whatever they do when they go home at night, you know, that's on them. That, that, that's who they are. And that, that's just the way it is. But, you know, the, in the locker room, you definitely have many different types of people, you know, some right, some wrong, some, you know, indifferent, you know, guys that have been troubled, guys that have been perfect in the past. And, and oh, you got you got a wide variety, but they, they definitely have the ability to, to put that stuff to the side in order to play together, though. Hey, Joe, Vaughn, to, to Joe's point, you know, Joe talking about and I, I think Joe makes a good point that the moral compass argument should not be looked at and heralded by the NFL were players even before Colin Kaepernick and, and let's say even now. Obviously, you want to focus on the game of football, right? The Your bread is made on the field. Your money is made not by your mouth, but by your hands and by your feet. But is there a concern? Was there a concern and is there still by players that whether I'm on one side or another, if I speak up, I might get reprimanded, not necessarily by the NFL, but by the public. Was there that fear in the locker room that, hey, I mean, I don't know what side I'm on here, but if I say something that could, that could give me some backlash later. Yeah. You, you, you got that. You have that at all times. I mean, that fear factor is a major part because as Joe said, the NFL is a business and they're going to run their business based on how their bosses see it. And then if the boss doesn't agree with it, and you're going against what the boss believes, then you're going to ultimately find your way out. That's exactly what Colin Kaepernick ended up doing, and that's exactly why he's not back in the NFL because you can't say that he wasn't one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. But so at the end of the day, so yeah, I mean, is there a conformity the day, gonna, thing with the owners? I mean, the owners are who they are. I mean, they're never going to change. They they believe in what they believe in, and and they're going to pay guys. And they, they, the owners, I think they look at it as they're giving you an opportunity and you, you don't go against the person that's giving you an opportunity. You, you know, they, the, the saying goes, don't bite the hand that feeds you. So if, you, if they're paying you all these, all these millions of dollars to go against them is kind of like a, a slap in their face. I mean, that's the way they feel. But there's players that, you know, are under the radar that don't make millions of dollars that are fearful of standing up for what they believe in. They'll rather tuck their tail instead of standing up for what's morally right and what they believe in. Don't you think, don't you think to a certain, certain degree though, that that's not entirely true? I mean, I I like Kareem Hunt, but I wouldn't let Kareem Hunt date my daughter. I wouldn't let Tyreek Hill date my daughter. You know, if Ray Rice still had anything left in the tank, I think he'd still be in the league. I mean, I think, you know, how many bites at the apple has Gordon had? How many bites at the apple has, uh, I don't know, Richie Incognito had? How many bites at the apple has, uh, what's his name, Greg, uh, the, the, the end from the Cowboys? And I think, again, I think the, the level of your talent, you know, gives you, you know, just like if you're a good player, you're going to be on the news for good or bad. If you're a lesser player, you're probably not going to be in the news cycle. But again, your ability gives you a leash. And again, Zach Stacy ain't never playing in the league again, right? Not that he ever really did anyway, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think that, I think the level of your ability sort of dictates how much rope you get to play with and to what you ultimately hang yourself by your off-field transgressions. Don't you agree with that to a certain extent? Like, I, you really, I agree. 
I, I totally agree with that statement. Like 100%. I agree with that because you, you look at around the league and you look at all these different players and these big names and guys that, you know, have had more opportunities than others. Say for example, you know, Josh Gordon. I mean, Josh Gordon has had, I don't know how many lives, definitely more than nine. If you, if, if you, if I count correctly, I mean, the guy's been in and out of the league and just given opportunity after opportunity, but he, I mean, to say that he's that talented, I mean, nobody's ever even seen it. So, I, I mean, I don't know how much rope you give him to hang himself with, but, I mean, geez, like, I mean, you you can name a bunch of guys, and, and no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow Kareem Hunt to date my daughter either because of the antics that he put on film or Ray Rice or none of those guys. But, you know, those guys are really good football players, and, you know, it's, it's a discretion thing, and the owners are going to look at it as, you know, what they believe. I mean, they don't, they don't all necessarily make all the moral decisions the right way. They're not going to, they're going to do what's best for their football clubs. And they're not, they're not really worried about, you know, the off the field stuff as much based on what that player brings to that team. You know, it's interesting you make that point, Joe Vaughn, because I actually think that contradicts a point that was made earlier. And, and Joe, I'm not trying to say that you're totally wrong in this, but, you know, you talked about how the NFL always tries to be on the right side of history. Well, we know in today's day and age, things that were done by Kareem Hunt, things that were done by Ray Rice, Josh Gordon and his his difficult situation, that stuff doesn't fly these days. So uh, while I understand the fact that, you know, well, you what want... do you mean? It doesn't fly these days. Have you ever met, you know, anything about Joe Mixon? Uh, okay. I mean, it hold, does. But, uh, hold no, but time out, time out in what other industry besides professional sports is that allowed to fly name one? Well, but that's the thing though. I mean, you're talking about the one percenters here. And I think, like your but, 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 my, but hold on. My my point here, though, Joe, is to, to say that the NFL wants to be on the right side of history means that the NFL wants to be in line or appease, even though they may not may not believe it in their heart of hearts. They want to appease what the majority of people in this country believe. I think that's that's the idea of the right side of history. You want to be looked in the history books as, OK, at that point in time, the majority of people were with you in the decisions you've made. So so the fact that you're allowing these players to play, knowing the things that they have done, I don't think that puts you on the right side of history. I don't think it allows you to be looked at with a good image. Now, I'm not saying for their business product, it's a good thing to, to have these players out of the league. Of course, you want the most talented guys. You want the best guys, the greatest athletes, the ones who can jump and catch and run. But if you want to be on the right side of history, you have to make that decision, albeit might be difficult, to make it so that you are in the positive limelight of people that are surrounding you. And I don't necessarily know if you can put those two things together. Maybe the right side of history is the, when it comes to player transgression is not the right way to phrase it. When I say the right side of history, I mean, the, you know, the, the flyovers, the, you know, the, the, the BLM stuff painted on, on the field, the, the pink for breast cancer. I mean, all of these things that, that they can then manipulate perception, maybe perhaps, Jovan, if they do all these things right that the mass people want, well, when we give Kareem Hunt, because we all have daughters and sisters and wives and mothers, and Tyree Kill, when, when we give these guys a second chance, maybe we'll, maybe our feet won't be hold, held to the fire because we did all these other things correctly. At the end of the day, if you can play, you get a chance, 
and you only become a distraction when your distraction exceeds your ability. Jovan, you got something on that? Yeah, I said, I guess it's, I guess it's proven because throughout history, you know, a lot of these guys that are, are talented beyond what anybody ever believes in, the, the ability definitely ex exceeds, you know, the number of opportunities you receive. I mean, you can think back all the way back to the Dallas Cowboys and they heyday when they won Super Bowl after Super Bowl. I mean, you heard all about the players doing this and the players doing that and Michael Irvin and all of these guys who are in the Hall of Fame that <laughs> weren't doing the right things and were just getting slapped on the wrist and still being allowed to go out there and perform. So, I mean, the NFL in itself, the business is is what it is. I mean, they they're going to to put on a facade that blocks people's mental so that they can't see the the issues that are unfolding because they want to, they want to put the in, the issue or the, the emphasis on other matters outside of the different things that they're dealing with. That's why the Black Lives Matter and all these different sayings on the back of the helmets and you know, and the breast cancer awareness and the flyovers and all, all this different patriotic stuff, they're doing it to take away the attention of different things that, that the ownership groups are dealing with. And that, that's a great Jovan, the, that Joe made on that. The, the last thing, Jovan, I want to ask you one more thing on this, and then we'll move on to talk about the, the games here this Sunday, because I think it's a good transition. You, you talked earlier about the idea of conformity and that lesser players, those who aren't making mm -hmm. millions of dollars or faces aren't on the cover of people in Forbes magazine, yeah. they're, they're more timid. Did, did that start for you earlier than the pros? Because we, we know nowadays, you know, you get to high school, you're a talented freshman, you're being recruited by all the power five schools in a matter of three seconds. I mean, did that idea of conformity, don't bite the hand that feeds you, th that had to start earlier than the NFL, didn't it? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it, in high school, you know, you, you just went out and performed. You didn't really care because you weren't getting paid. Nobody was paying me to go out and perform. I did. I performed because that's who I was. And I was just an, a, a gifted individual. Even in college. Yes, I got paid a scholarship to do a job. But at the end of the day, you know, I didn't let that change who I was as a person and, or anything like that. It only started in the NFL when you're getting paid all this money and you're able to take care of your family and your your wife and kids and, and all these, these I mean you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars every week you know for a young player or, or a guy who doesn't have that significant backing behind him to say you know I got all this experience and I can go out and do x y and z without even trying that that's going to put a, a blemish on your name if you go up and stand up for something that you believe in and you could ultimately be released of those opportunities to make that money to be able to feed your family i think that's where the the, the timidness comes from for the players who aren't willing to stand up i mean there's a ton of guys on teams that you know wouldn't kneel unless the whole team kneeled because even though they thought it was the right thing to do they're not going to do it because they're not going to go against their boss or their owner it's amazing how money speaks power, not just in the NFL, but in daily Modern life. Uh, slavery, good conversation man. on this. Guys. Hey, hey, Isaac, next, <laughs> next time, uh, yeah, yeah. next time Zeke Elliott jumps into the Salvation Army kettle in the end zone, 
in uh, in Jerry's world. What what do you think that's worth in advertising dollars? Because guess what, Jerry didn't let, didn't put that kettle there out of the goodness of his heart. Well, I'll tell you what, it would make a lot it would it would make a lot of hearts more happy if Zeke then dropped like Marshawn Lynch dropped Skittles on the ground if he dropped a couple hundreds <laughs> in there when he scored the touchdown. Although I don't know, at this point it's going to probably be Dak the one who's going to have to do that cuz I don't know. I don't necessarily trust the Cowboys running game. Still, Anyway, good good start to this podcast, guys. Uh, as we move through here in the critical eye, let, let's keep it rolling with the NFL. I had this thought this morning. We here in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, we cover three local teams. We cover the Bills, we cover the Browns, we cover the Steelers. The rest of the NFL, obviously, is a, it, I guess you could say shambles, everything up in the air. No one knows who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to win the division, and things at this point are still chaotic. We talked about being on the right side of history. And I guess for a different way, I'll phrase this next topic with this. When you look at these three local teams, we talked on the podcast on Monday, guys, about how we're confident about some, but not so confident about another. And and I think the one team that we all agreed was probably a little bit further than the others was the Buffalo Bills. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong. Buffalo clearly has shown their offensive prowess, their defense force Mike White back to junior varsity on Sunday of last week. But do we put a little bit more onus on teams with star quarterbacks? You look around the league this year, and while there's not really any significantly talented teams, we tend to look at teams with great quarterbacks and say, they're number one. They're the greatest. I just watched last week the Arizona Cardinals be obliterated on their home field by a guy who hadn't played great football in five years in Cam Newton. They didn't have their starting quarterback. Uh Uh-oh, I know they're injured, but wait a second. You don't have a great quarterback, and now all of a sudden you're pedestrian. I watched the LA Rams on Monday night play a game in which they were favored by seven and a half against the, uh, rather the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh Uh-oh, Matthew Stafford looks pedestrian. Where's this team go? I think we're getting to a point in the season now where you have to have more than just a quarterback to be successful. And that brings me to this Sunday, guys. With the Browns and Steelers, Cleveland playing the Lions, Pittsburgh playing the L.A. Chargers. Are you any more confident in these two teams because of what they have outside of the quarterback position? The Browns with their running game, Pittsburgh with their defense. Is it possible, knowing that what we've seen in the last week with how quarterback-laden teams, even Tampa last week, Washington goes out there and and beats them, is is it important, do you believe, that the quarterback maybe this year isn't necessarily the answer like it's been in other years? No. I think it's going to be the answer. Now, you know, there's a couple teams out there. Uh, The Colts, you mentioned uh, the Browns. The Titans, uh, even though they don't have Derrick Henry, have made you know have tried to make running the ball cool again. But the, the problem with this, Jovan, and, and you know this, with the way the rules are now, I mean, maybe you know maybe a couple of years ago, because I mean a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys that we view as iconic, um, now we don't know they don't play by the rules. But if you ever actually looked at the stats, you know Troy Aikman, you know Terry Bradshaw, like they're average. I mean they're not even close to being, you know, blue chip type NFL elite quarterbacks by the rules today, you know, with the way the rules work and how, you know, I mean, literally, you know, the old adage that, you know, there's, you know, when you throw the, throw the football, you know, two of the things that can happen 
are, are bad, um, you know, incomplete, intercepted, whatever. Well, now I think that adage is going to have been flipped on its ear where, you know, you look at the fact that the likelihood you're going to draw pass interference is one of the good things. And I think that's where the quarterback play comes in, to, comes in. And, you know, again, it, it's very difficult to win without a guy that you can lean on. And, you know, maybe, you know, Baker Mayfield throwing it 90 times a game is not going to be good for anybody's business. But I think when, when you look at the postseason, there are dudes that you just have to step up and make throws because of the way the game is now officiated and how it's changed. Yeah, quarterback quarterback play is is invaluable. I mean, it's always going to be because of how much money they get paid. They're always going to be the key or the factor for winning and losing, or they're going to be labeled as such. I mean, because with those contracts come expectations and you're expected as a quarterback, if they're going to pay you a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars, you're expected to be and and lead at in the very elite level. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not often that you see a quarterback get paid tons of millions of dollars that isn't expected to be the reason behind why teams win. Now, can they lean on some other guys that are in the locker room? Absolutely. You 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 paired a, a elite quarterback with with really good receiver play and good running backs, and yeah, you can have an explosive offense. But it all is always going to fall back on the shoulders of the quarterback because of their contracts. I mean, if if Aaron Donald and Tom Brady got paid the same amount of money, then you know, maybe we can say maybe the defensive guys are, are the ones that's going to make this game uh, change. But it's very rare for a defensive player to get paid as much as what the quarterback get paid or any other position for that matter. Well, we'll see if the offense is the key this week for the local games. Joe, I want to go to you with some picks here because Joe Vaughn's going to put in his picks on Sunday and he sent them to me via text today. And I just about bounced out of my chair with one of them, but uh, <laughs> let, let's go. Jovan's going out on a limb. Let's just put it this way. He, uh, he, he saw Steph Curry and said, I'm going to shoot my moon ball too. Anyway, Joe, he's, he's riding, he's riding that lion's tie train. I'm telling you what, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Watch there be another one this week, Cleveland. You're on a, uh, can we call it upset alert? I don't even know what we can call it anyway. All right. Lions, Lions, Browns, Joe, uh, are we in for a potential upset here? I, I don't think so. What do you think? Well, I, I got my boy Nick Chubb in there. Yeah. Uh, not so and much Baker Mayfield is going to start, by the way. Kevin Stefanski just officially announced that. Not so much my boy Kareem Hunt. Like him on the field, though. Is, is he still on IR, right? What I mean, yes. I, he, I feel like he's been on IR for like five weeks. Yes, he is. He's still on. He's still on IR. I think the timetable it's still maybe after the bye, which would be week 14 Browns are by week 13. So what, three weeks from now, maybe. Wow. It's been, I thought it was going to be a shorter injury. That's uh, a long time. Yeah. 11 and a half is the number that I'm looking at now. Uh, the Browns are at home. Nick Chubb's a big difference maker. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't hesitate to, to, to take the lions laying the 11 and a half, but I, I do, I've got too much faith. And I do like Nick Chubb and their ability to run run the football. Um, I'm not I'm in, in a pick them. I'm definitely taking the Browns. Lane 11 and a half, though, I don't feel as comfortable. I would not, I did not, uh, will not make that play with my money. Uh, I, I like the Browns to win, but not so much cover. That's a, that's a big number. 
Yeah, and, and we saw last week, clearly, it is not an, an easy task to cover at any point in the NFL. Okay, Bills and Colts, uh, Joe, could be a trap game for Buffalo. I don't know. Who, what do you think? I don't know. All of a sudden, the Colts are pretty good, aren't they? And Jonathan Taylor, almost 1,000 yards already. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe, uh, although the weather I think is going to be fine. It's supposed to warm up. So the weather, I mean, I would be more inclined to play the over in this game at 49 and a half. Uh, Josh Allen to me, but again, it's a seven point line. When you've got a back like Taylor, you know, you can really shorten the game here. Uh, you know, obviously Diggs is a home run hitter. Uh, I would be more inclined to play the over. Uh, I think the Bills win this game outright, though. Uh, the Colts are pretty good. But the Bills, I think the Bills are starting to get their footing here. And this is a game that could really matter. This is an AFC game, keep in mind. Uh, I'm not foreshadowing anything, but Jovan really likes the Colts. He thinks the Colts are really yeah, good. Anyway. I, I, I personally think that the Colts are going to go out there and they're going to do exactly what you just said. They're going to shorten the game. They're going to play really good defense. And they're not going to allow Josh Allen to throw the ball down the field on them. And I think that's where they win the game in a close one. But, I mean, they're going to score some points. But I just think the, 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 the Bills played the Jets last week. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, who hasn't beaten the Jets? But, you know, they still have to prove that they can go out and beat good teams. And I think the Colts are playing really good football right now. I just think they're going to upset the Bills this week. All right, Joe, quick 30-second Steelers-Chargers. Oh, boy, I don't know. Uh, the Steelers have not covered, I think, since the first Bush administration, but they're getting six on the road here. Um, I, I don't I don't I like I like the Chargers here. Uh, I'm, I'm leery. I'm, I'm leery. The Steelers all of a sudden that D line needs to needs to step up. We will see. We will see. Oh, boy, week 11. We are moving forward. It's going to snow this weekend. It's going to be fun. Gentlemen, this is fun as always. Let's do it again Monday for Overreaction Monday, shall we? Absolutely. All right, man. All righty, folks. Week six, episode six in the books on the Critical Eye podcast. Enjoy your week 11. Enjoy your weekend. See you back here on Monday for Overreaction for week 11.